Hello, I'm Claire from Wild Ginger Running, the trail and ultra running YouTube channel. And this is the podcast version of my weekly live chat with an athlete, coach or other running expert. The link to the original film on YouTube is in the show notes. Check out my Instagram and YouTube channel for more training advice, inspiration and gear reviews. Everything is Wild Ginger Running and my blog is wildgingerrunning.co.uk. Support me on Patreon if you enjoy this free advice at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Enjoy this podcast and see you next week for more. Hello, good evening. Good evening. And welcome to another Scotney takeover of Wild Ginger Running. And we're here, yes, at a later time, 8 o'clock. We hope you've not been sat here since half past seven waiting for us to arrive. We did announce that we're here at 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, but it's great to be back. And have we got a guest tonight? Amazing guest. We have, <laughs> yeah, one of, um, I know we often kind of call Ultra Runner legends, um, but we do have what I would say is one of the kind of, yeah, just top blokes uh, of ultra running, a, a legend in himself who's done some amazing races. I mean, we think of ultra running as running a far distance, but this guy is absolutely... <laughs> yeah, he's, he's doing that. He, he's taking it to the nth degree. So who's that? I'm going to... I don't know why we always hand this over to you to announce the guest. <laughs> I don't know why I'm always doing Tonight, this Tonight, we are chatting to Dan Lawson, who is... Um... Hello, Dan. Who is there? Oh, yeah. Hello, Dan. Where about? Where are you at the moment? Where am I? Yeah. Exactly. You want to know? I'm actually in my daughter's bedroom in her flat because, like, we we live in a van, and uh, but the internet's a bit patchy, so I, I've come I've come to here, so oh, I don't I don't keep dropping out. Yeah, we appreciate so. that. We did have Lizzie and, and, Hawker a few months ago, who was kind of up in some mountain hut, and we did have some internet problems with that. Yeah, so. yeah, it is a bit patchy. And apologies because that eight o'clock time is my fault. Yeah, hey, and uh, no, no, we're, we're, we're more than no, happy to. No, I said but it's because I've been at a. I've just come out of a hot yoga session as well, so um, and rushed here to 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 my daughter's. Yeah, so yeah. Brilliant. Well, All thank you though. so much yeah. for making the effort. And thank you for a wonderful introduction. Well, yeah. we haven't even mentioned about the sort of things that you do. We're very yeah. unprofessional at actually giving the intro <laughs> because we know who our guests are. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, we're here to talk about um, the jog. <laughs> which you did last year now wasn't it um yeah. running from land's end to john o'groats and we've also put in the show notes that about the link to dave mcfarlane's film called breaking 10 which is breaking 10 days for the um for the record well we're calling you the record holder we're, we're going with that. we're going record holder yeah we, we might come on to yeah. the yeah, there is a, some dispute isn't there it's an interesting subject yeah, yeah. There is. Yeah. but but yeah. you're not only just done the jog lands into john o'groats for those who maybe don't know what we're talking about when we say the jog you've you've also podiumed at 24 hour running at the european championships haven't you you've won that that's what i mean you podium that there you've won grand union canal you have got a, a huge array of results to your name and you've done some crazy stuff on treadmills as well is that right Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I did spend a week on a treadmill, yeah, a good few years ago. And, and yeah, it was it was probably one of the worst things I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was, no, it was awful. It was, it was to raise money for um, a charity I was working for at the time. And 
Yeah, I think the record was 520 odd miles in a week. So not not massive, not, you know, very doable if you if you, you know, you were happy to to be on a treadmill for that long. But yeah, it was it was awful. It really was terrible. Yeah, because like part of the reason especially I run and I think all of us run is to get that that headspace and that kind of flow state and that that meditation but it just doesn't seem it didn't seem possible on a on a treadmill it was completely different um I hadn't run much on a treadmill before but yeah it was it was oh it was painful it was really bad and I painfully mentally rather than physically or both uh mentally yeah I could I just couldn't I sometimes I find it quite easy like to float away to like into Narnia and stuff when I when I'm running but I just couldn't zone out on that treadmill I don't know it was there was certain things that for one that screen in front of you the whole time with the miles just kind of ticking like like one tenth of a mile one you know just going was 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 horrible and and it was all in in the public view as well it was in like a marquee in the middle of brighton so there was constantly people coming in and just asking the same questions like how are your legs how far you gone like and it was just i just really started doing my head in on the last day on the last day i had two other treadmills beside me and people come and run but on the last day, I made them turn my treadmill round. So I was up like, facing the wall and I wasn't looking. So no one could ask me anything or look, <laughs> and look at me, which is, well, yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't recommend that to anyone. It was um, it was pretty hideous. But but it's something that I, it's really nice because it is an experience that I can draw upon sometimes. Like at the end of races and stuff, I can, like I, I have gone back in my head and thought, well, I did that and I was, feeling awful and it was terrible so i can do this it's it's yeah so so maybe it was worthwhile and we did raise a little bit of money as well so yeah but never again yeah. but then i you know i hate to say, i can understand completely that that sounds awful trying to run on a treadmill in that but then when i'm watching the film of you running the jog you're like by some really busy roads in awful weather and to me, that seems just as hard to find that flow and that space. So is there just something so different with being outside? I think, yeah, I think when I run, there's something, there really is something completely different about being outside. And there's, for me, it's that kind of, oh, it's when the blue sky, when the green of the trees and the the grass hit that contrast with the blue sky, it's some some sort of like resonation that really... I don't know, it just, it works for me, yeah. And, and the roads on the jog are, are very busy, they're A roads, but it, you can make a decision to look at the road and pay attention to the traffic or look to your left. And and the, the backdrop of the countryside is is amazing and it's beautiful. I mean, the, the A9 is a, is a hideous, busy, like, road, like, with angry lorry drivers, but you're winding your way through the the Cairngorms and the the like the backdrop is is amazing so it's like i suppose it's what you choose to um you can choose where you want to be on your run but on a treadmill you didn't have that choice you were just there was no outside you couldn't even see the sky because i was in, i was under a marquee and i think that really affected um my yeah, my state of mind. Yeah, whilst I was running. So next time, gazebo with sides open rather than in a in yeah, like a convertible, convertible gazebo, <laughs> or even 
Yeah, like on the back of a flatbed <laughs> truck or something being driven <laughs> around. Or, yeah. Well, that's moving yeah. along. That'll be sick. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. we, did, we did have Mimi Anderson on a few months ago talking to her about some of the crazy stuff she's done. And she was talking about her treadmill world, champ, world record she went on and how horrific they were. Mm. Yeah, no, I think... She yeah. was people watching in a shopping centre on her um, but, but she treadmill. did, she did yeah. bash her toe, didn't she, at some point? And it was, but she ended up having a bit of a She ended moments. up getting off the treadmill, going outside and screaming, I think, and then coming, coming back, back on. on. Yeah. yeah, but it, it, it is that thing as well. It, I mean, that sort of thing happens, as you well know, in, in lots of races, you get a chance to release that. I ran the... Um, the Thames Path the other day, a hundred miles in the Thames Path, and I hadn't run a race for a while, and I quite enjoyed that. You do a lot of shouting at no one when you're out on your own on, on one of those one of those races, and and you have the chance to because you're in places where there's no one else around at all. But yeah, it was that constant. There was always someone constantly there watching you. A little, I mean, a little bit like the the 24 hour races and uh, 24 hour track races where again, you're, you're kind of being watched the, the whole time. And it's, yeah, it's harder to have those moments where you can just shout at, at, at the wind or shout at the rain or, because I, I do, I, I do that a lot. Yeah. I, I quite enjoy I mean, it. Yeah, yeah, we did. We didn't. I mean, we said you kind of won the European challenge, but you have run. How many times you ran for Great Britain now? Uh, I don't know, four or five, maybe? Yeah, four or five GB vests. And a lot of those races are quite short-looped courses, aren't they, some of the 24-hour? So is that, again, quite similar, like like you were just saying there, being on the treadmill, you know, you're you're stuck in that continuous loop, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, there's less of a... There's less of a flow to it. There's less of a, I don't like a meaning to it, if you know what I mean. When you run those A to B races, they're they're beautiful because they are they are they're journeys and they are journeys because you are running from one point to to another point, you know. And if you run a race like with a history as well, like the Spartathlon, where you're running, like you're following in the footsteps of a historical, they're they're even more wonderful journeys and there's a real meaning and a flow to them, but yeah, when you're just running round and round a track, it is a journey in your mind and in your like the whole thing. But it's yeah, it's it's harder for your mind to um, convince yourself you should carry on because it like like why are you doing this? We're just running round and round and um, yeah, I think they're much harder. The 24 hour races are, and we say it a lot about ultra running that. Um, it, the 24-hour races are more mental than physical, like much, much more mental than physical. And I think I'd go as far to say that um, the 24-hour race is like a real, real ultra run. Like the A to B races are more like adventures and and fun, but like real, I'd say like real ultra running comes in those in those mental challenges on those on those 24-hour races, like the first. The, the, the first kind of race I mean then you might do 48 hours six day that sort of thing but yeah the, the first sort of race where it, it is just it's so much more mental than physical yeah, yeah I think when I've been on the the ultras and you can have that mantra like even however tough it is it's like well the quicker you go the sooner this will be over but when yeah. I've done the looped yeah. courses obviously it's kind of it really is up to you to keep going as fast as you can mm-hmm. because otherwise like you could walk and the race would still be the same duration <laughs> yeah yeah it's right because it is 
the, I mean, running those sort of distances, as you know, it, it's it's a constant battle with you and your and your mind and convincing your mind that it's a good. You know, it, it, there's a point to what you're doing because your mind's always telling you to stop, isn't it? And and on the A to B races, yeah, it's easy. It's an easy conversation with your mind to have and saying, right, if I run faster, I'm going to get to the end quicker and then it's finished quicker. So it's it's like, a, you know, we all have those conversations, don't we, in our head. It's but, like kind of bribing yeah, a toddler, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like that, yeah. And the 24-hour, there's no... <laughs> There's no, no argument. <laughs> like you can't. It's like, well, if you run faster, you're actually running further. And it's like there's nothing. Yeah, it's really difficult because there is no argument to, to, to run faster and to keep on running and to yeah, and every kilometre there's your aid station where you can, you know, where it's easy to stop and easy to yeah, and yeah, I mean I was it's the world twenty-four hour championships this year and um, I think they announced the team today and I decided to not put my name forward for it because I I feel like I, I don't know. I, I haven't had enough of the 24-hour format, but I, I've i I've lost a bit of that excitement it, inside my – yeah, maybe I have had enough of the 24-hour <laughs> format. I don't know. It might, it might come back. Is that, have, we, have we got a scoop here? Is, is this mean we've got – right. Dan Larson right. is switching to 10Ks only. Yeah, it's not 10Ks. I will go back to 24s because I still don't feel I I really the the format has beaten me. It's consistent. I've got lucky a couple of times and I, I've I've managed to run like or okay like times and distances, but I've I've never consistently run three like good ones in a row and and it's off. It's always been something I wanted to do, like just run three good ones in a row, and I, I haven't managed to do it. So I, I don't feel like I've had the upper hand on that and on the twenty-four hour format. When you sort of think that you've had bad ones, what's what's been the problem, or what's gone wrong, or um... well, I haven't. The problem is I haven't been. The, I mean, to be completely honest. Every time I've stopped in 24-hour race, it's because my mind hasn't been strong enough. There's always an excuse, you know, like oh, like my knee was a bit injured, or or I had stomach problems. I was going to say the stomach problem. <laughs> yeah. My belief at the end of the day, if your mind is strong enough, that sort of stuff is never, you know, if you've got a strong mind, you can throw up projectile vomit on the side of a track and carry on running. And if you've got a strong mind, an injury doesn't affect you you can carry on going so yeah the times I've stopped I've just not wanted to carry on that's why it's it's as simple it's as simple as that and I because I haven't been I haven't been strong enough mentally to convince myself convince my mind to that keep me running so yeah I'd love to be able to do three in a row above 250k but yeah I haven't I haven't managed it yeah it's uh I mean, we're getting kind of ahead of ourselves in some way. I mean, it'd be interesting to find out how did you get into these kind of 20... So we kind of jumped onto that kind of 550 miles on a treadmill. And I know for a bit of our research that you did a half marathon at a very young age and then left running for quite a while, played football for a bit, and then running came to you kind of... Was it mid to late 20s? You suddenly found Brighton and London Marathon? You started doing marathons? Oh, I think it was later than that. I think it was more mid... To late 30s, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. I played football for like 20 years, yeah, in, in 
Loved it, yeah. I was never that good, but I had a good engine, yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and then then just went back to running. I got a little bit bored of football and went, and went back to running. So, yeah, and the twenty four hour racing. Like, how did I get into that? I just I entered a twenty four hour. I didn't know anything about it. I entered a twenty four hour racing in Gloucester. Um, just because I was looking for a race to do around that time, like, and I saw that, oh wow, they do 24 hours around a track. I'll, I'll try that out, and yeah, I tried it out, and just that, unbeknown to me, got the like GB qualifying distance, and um, Richard Brown, who was the manager um, at the time, the GB, got in touch with me, and then. Yeah, and then I went to a, a world championships, and that was just me. Not, I mean, not hooked on twenty fours, but I, <laughs> yeah, I started running like a few more of them after then. So it was kind of by chance. Yeah. So going into Gloucester, you had no idea what the qualifying distance was, and it was no, I didn't. I didn't even know it was a thing. I yeah, didn't did, even know it was, was a GBT. <laughs> no, no. Had you done no. an ultra before? Had you run like twelve? Yeah, hours? I done. Um, yeah, I, I'd run a couple, maybe like a, maybe like a hundred miler, um, and I'd just run a, uh, a race in the mountains. I wanted to go to UTMB, but I just felt I needed to do, it wasn't the greatest training for UTMB, was it, 24 hours around It was like the week before or something, like a lot of things. No, it was just, there was a gap when I think, oh, I need to do a race, and I just, I just found this one, and, and probably it was probably because it was quite cheap because they are cheaper to run the the like the the track the 24 ones so i just thought oh i well, might as well yeah I'll, I'll try and do this and yeah so yeah and i remember my pacing was hideous i remember like running around this track and i think my first marathon was that sub three hours on the <laughs> i remember shouting to charlotte who was um at the time yeah was crewing me and again was quite new to the whole crewing thing that I was saying to him, I'm going too fast. I was just shouting out, I'm going way too fast. But I couldn't, I couldn't stop. I, I think <laughs> I'd never run on a track before, and I'd quite, I was quite enjoying how bouncy it felt on the, on the track. Um, yeah, it was quite, it was quite a funny day. Uh, and Charlotte was new to crewing. I always, we always remember the story. She came out to give me a, like a drink or something at two in the morning, and she, and then she promptly fell asleep for like three or four hours in lane three and four, just like face down in <laughs> lane three and four. <laughs> Always a reminder of that. But, um, like a, a, yeah. body, a body in the way, like an obstacle, like, it, like, like a steeplechase race. Uh, there's something to kind of jump over there. Wow, that's uh, great. Oh, and we're kind of, Dan's frozen a little bit. I hope we've not lost it. Well, it's not us, what we've lost our Wi-Fi there. Um, if you are watching this live at the moment, you can kind of send down a question uh, for us on YouTube here and we'll ask it to Dan. We're going to be chat very shortly um, about the amazing film, kind of Breaking 10 Days, um, which is a phenomenal run along the Land's End to Jana Groats route, which uh, Dan has done. Hopefully we'll, we'll get him back very shortly. Um, we'll try and ping him a message. Maybe something's gone wrong on his... Uh, his Wi-Fi or connection. So, so if you are watching it, have any questions, get get them into us now. And uh, I'm sure we're going to continue hearing some kind of entertaining stories of kind of 
careering for Dan. Um, if you have watched the film already and you want to ask a question from the film as well, so yeah, yeah get those questions in. Um, oh, I think we've lost Dan. But <laughs> I'm going to try and bring him back now. Um, let's see if we can... Uh... Sorry about this. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear us. Uh... Thanks, Paul, for letting us know that it was hello. going and not us. Yeah, we hello. lost you a minute, Dan. Yeah, I lost you. You just got all frozen on my screen. Yeah, <laughs> but, um... we're still waiting for you to reconnect. On um, on there here, there you go, we go. and we'll, we'll bring we'll bring you <laughs> yeah. back back into the show. Oh, we need to get out. Yeah, excellent. I think maybe because we're just all having a good laugh about. Um, Charlotte kind of uh, being the crew there for you so mm-hmm. did, did, so when when you did that 24 hour did you have like a, a planned food strategy event had you kind of been thinking right this is what I'm going to need 24 hours or was that pretty much or like with Charlotte falling asleep in the, in the lane a bit um, I, no I, I mean I can't really remember but I yeah I think I'm no definitely not because I I, I can't remember I've never been quite good at planned food strategies and uh, with the GB team, um, we have to give them a like a, a food strategy, like, a I don't know, a few weeks before we do the race. But, yeah, mine's just pure fabrication. <laughs> 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 Something to keep them quiet. <laughs> <laughs> just cut and paste someone else's. And, uh, yeah, it's not a strong point of mine, uh, nutrition. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, I've actually I've found in recent times on the on the Le Jog and um, I've found like things like drink, like it's so much sim- simpler. I use like the beta fuel or Morton so I can just drink and I don't really have to think about anything else. Yeah. Um, so, no, I wouldn't have had a nutrition plan and uh yeah, I, God knows what I ate or, or tried to eat. Probably, probably not much at all. Yeah, it's it's quite a common theme in my races that I, yeah, I, I well, I maybe I plan. I hope that I can eat loads, but I, I run about ten or fifteen miles, and then I'm just not interested in eating at all. I find it really hard to eat whilst I'm whilst I'm running. So that's why those that kind of drinks help out because I can drink, but um, yeah, I really don't want to eat. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I find, like, you know, when you're talking about on the treadmill, um, like being able to zone out and being able to get into a nice kind of state, it, I find when you're – I can do that so much easier if all I'm doing is running, and that really means, like, all I'm doing is running. So if I'm having to think about drinking a certain certain amount each hour or eating something every 15 minutes, it kind of takes me out of that <laughs> – out of that state i'd always rather just run and yeah not have to worry about anything else at all so yeah that's kind of like my default setting so i always go into that but um yeah that's why people like robbie are very good alongside me on the on the jog because he's just there pestering me to to eat the whole time and and although it can be really annoying it is (laughs) it may it it works, you know, and you, yeah, you do need to get fuel in, don't you? Otherwise, you, uh, you do get to some serious, like, bonking states. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've been doing these twenty-four-hour races. So, when did Le Jog come on the radar? Uh, yeah, Le Jog has always, 
so Richard Brown is uh, uh, who was uh, uh, one of the previous record holders of of Le Jog. He's now um, seventy odd, Richard, and he, I mean he he's a legend um, in ultra running, as is his wife, who's run over 200, 100 milers, Sandra, Sandra Brown. I mean, she's amazing. Um, and he would tell me stories about his the jog or joggle attempt. And it was always, he's been a real great like mentor for me, like um, always someone that had my back and always someone I could speak to and talk to about, about races and stuff. So it it always, I always wanted to try and, um, yeah, attempt the joggle, see, to see how, you know, close I could get to Richard's record and, and not, not, to, not even to beat his record, but more in honour of like how he's helped me when, with my ultra running sort of thing. So yeah, it's something I've always, always wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's got a big history, isn't it? The jog. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if we said at the beginning of you, but like when we were talking beforehand, there is a bit of contention over the records, isn't there? Um, yeah. And that uh, there's, there's one record which is which beat Richards kind of by a day, mm-hmm. wasn't it? It was kind so of. This is Andy Rivet. Yeah, Andy Rivet, because um, Richards was 10 hours, t- sorry, 10 days, two hours, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and then Andy Rivet did nine out, nine days, two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. there's some contention on whether or not he did because of how it was ratified um, because obviously in the, when those guys did it was that in the late 80s early 90s I think it was in the late 80s yeah the, the record was kind of being passed between Richard and uh, Don Ritchie mm. at the time I mean Don Ritchie it's hard I mean he he must be the best ultra runner we've uh, like Britain's ever produced yeah and it was kind of being passed between those two and I think Richard took it from from Don Ritchie, and then maybe a year or so later, um, Andy attempted it, and yeah, and took a day. Well, according to him, took a, took a day off Richard's um, Richard's time. And I mean, I don't know Andy, and I, but all I know is I've looked at um, uh, Will Cockrell and Andy Milroy, who are very up on on all of the kind of older records of have sent me loads and loads of documentation and, and reports about, you know, Andy's attempt. And it seems more and more unlikely that Andy could have could have done that time. Now, everything's possible, you know. I believe that any athlete, any runner on their day can, can do amazing things. But it just seems more and more unlikely that he, he may have, have set that time, that, that he... He was an ultra runner and he was okay, but he wasn't Don Ritchie, and he beat Don Ritchie and Richard Brown's time by by a day. You know, he's um, that's I don't know. It, it, it's a crazy. It like Yanis Corus would would have struggled to um, to to beat that nine days uh, two hours time. So, you know, he may he may well have done it, but um, if I was a betting man and I was putting money on the fact that. He did or he didn't. I think I'd go for the he didn't, you know. So um, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot, lot of the kind of fans and followers of, of the jog, even myself, um, as you say, you look at the pedigree, even of even of you, you know, yourself. Um, you say Don Ritchie. Yeah, you know, you've all got that pedigree. You've all got that level of international running results to kind of 
back your performance up going into to doing such an event um, and then, you know, getting such a quick time on it. And yeah, and we're not here to talk about Andy River tonight, but yeah, it does kind of, mm-hmm. and there's even some question marks over the validation as well, isn't it? Because, you know, now we have GPS tracing, open tracking, it, you mm-hmm. can record a lot easier. You can tell if people are kind of fiddling it, even, you know, um, what's his name? He got caught out trying to go across um, America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because they found its cadence was wrong, but it's even they're trying to keep the band really slow. But, mm-hmm. you know, technology will catch you out ultimately. But in those days, yeah, there wasn't the technology and they're relying on people's reports and stuff. And, and there just seems holes in it, doesn't it? It doesn't seem like a really strong cemented, you know, yeah. account of what he did. Yeah, but, you know, it is it is it is possible to beat that time, but but what you need is you need nine you need nine perfect days. You know when you like when you have that race when you go you go out and you have that perfect race and everything goes brilliantly and at the end you're like oh my god that was you know that was a, we all dream of that perfect race. You need nine of those in consecutive days for it for for you for it to happen. So it can happen. I mean like. Leicester City won the Premiership, yeah, but it—it's like it's—it's it's unusual that that could happen, you know. Because, well, I mean, so it was my second attempt last year, and the first attempt I—I I tried, I tried, I was going out to try and beat Andy's Andy's mark of nine days, uh, nine days, two hours, or whatever. Mm. And if you have a bad couple of hours, you're you're then playing catch up it's really hard you know and then when you're playing catch up and you're you're kind of you're seeing the record slip a bit then you know it becomes your mental state is is affected you know and it, it really is yeah if you have a bad afternoon you're you're in trouble you're not going to do it so yeah so that was in Someone, 2018 that was that you had that attempt with yeah on that schedule so how far mm-hmm. With that and and what did that look like at the end when you were pulling out um it, yeah I, I got to i went the other way around so i started in john groats and i got to uh i think i got to bridgewater so that's just like below bristol or something mm. um i don't know how far that was or, or how far i had to go um i mean it was pretty close to the end but a long long way away also <laughs> like um, we're all tracking uh, then <laughs> And yeah, I just I went for Andy's record, and I just wasn't good enough to to set you know to to beat that nine days two hours. I just put yeah, I think I put too much into it, and by the time I got to Bridgewater, I was yeah I was fucked. So um, yeah, and it wasn't you know it wasn't it wasn't going to happen. So um, yeah. It, it just didn't happen on, on, on that occasion. Yeah. I kind of, um, like, I don't know what was happening inside me, but I, my, like I was puffing up a lot, like my skin and my face and, um, like my fingers and were, were really like, I was like retaining water and it was quite weird. Yeah. And really like, yeah, becoming quite enlarged everywhere. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, but it was fun. How um, yes. how long did that last from when you stopped? Was it a fairly quick recovery or, or was that something that caused some problems for a while? So the actual water retention caused a few problems because it just meant I was pissing for like three days or something, like constantly afterwards. But um, 
But I think actual recovery from that from that effort. Uh, oh man, I think it 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 was months. It was months before I feel like I could like wake up in the morning and and go out for a run and say yeah yeah I'm yeah I feel good again. You know, it was it was months and months of run for two days and feel real good and then have a massive like slump on the you know run on monday run on tuesday feel good and then on wednesday feel absolutely dreadful and then um yeah it took ages and maybe i just pushed a bit too, too i don't know too much on that one because recovery from the second one where i went a bit further but um i suppose <laughs> went the whole distance you know just got it further <laughs> Was was better? Was that much much better? It wasn't too dissimilar to, you know, running a like a longer ultra. So, yeah, I, I think some. Yeah, I must have done. I never went to see a doctor or anyone, but I think I must have done. Yeah, you know, something must have gone a little bit wrong inside me for that for that first one. Yeah, because it did take a long time to recover. And so after you had to pull out at Bridgewater, was there still the desire that? this can still still be done i can still do this uh yeah probably not initially i think i like just i'm not um didn't really think about it for a year i don't know what i did in the year in between maybe there was another like 24 hour champs or something but you know like slowly 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 as days went by i yeah i started thinking i you know i want to do that i want to go back and do that again i need to complete it i need to uh yeah, but yeah, I yeah, it was it was important for me that I went back and and completed it. Yeah, and not even not even completed it and like beat Richard's record or beat a record, just completed it. <laughs> and in my head, completing it. That's why one of the reasons why I started from Land's End the other time round because at least I, even if things went wrong, at least I might get the first two days done so I could almost like add on the two days from the second attempt to the seven days from the first attempt and say that I have run the length of the country. I was yeah. going to ask, <laughs> what is the decision-making of going from London to John O'Groats or the other way around? Like, what are the facts? Yeah, a little care? bit. So the first time around, I was convinced I was running downhill because... <laughs> Just running back home-ish. Yeah, <laughs> and running back home as well, because I think that makes a difference. Yeah, it does, although it's still quite away from home, Land's End. <laughs> but um, the second time around, yeah, it was a little bit of that. I wanted to I wanted to do the first bit, but also, like, predominantly the wind is southwesterly so predominantly the wind is going to be if it's windy the chances are it should be behind you so like the first time I ran it I did remember a lot of the time like the rain being in my face and the wind being in my face so um yeah so that was the plan and I think I think all the records have been broken uh like Le Jog lands into John O'Groats way around uh, yeah and in terms of the planning, it just seems absolutely huge. <laughs> I was just going like, to ask this. Not only your crew and everything, but like even the route. Like it's not a set route. You can pick. Mm -hmm. You just have to get from you know that signpost at the bottom to the signpost at so the top. So you didn't you didn't copy and paste. Yeah. On this. Well, this, is, this is no like let let let's the, kind of wing it and bodge How it the hell did you no, pick what a, route it went on? All right. So let me explain because the first time round it was just simply Google Maps walking route and. Uh, 
yeah. Avoid um, motorways I, and tolls. And, and <laughs> yeah. But right, so I explain a little bit about what I love about running. Like I I really enjoy the simplicity of running and the fact that I can just get out of the door. Like I was saying, like we were talking about earlier, like I, especially when the sun's out, that you just need a pair of trainers and if the sun's out, you just need a pair of shorts. You can run bare chested and it's so simple. And I don't enjoy I really don't enjoy the planning side of, of, of things like that. So I'm I'm just not interested in planning a route, on planning nutrition, on looking at spreadsheets. Some runners really like that. And I think some runners, it's part of their journey and it's part of their, like, <laughs> speaking to, like, John Kelly, speaking to John Kelly and understanding what he does. But, yes, yeah, some runners really like that. But I just hate it it seems like i'm back at school so (laughs) this time around i was just incredibly lucky to have um robbie robbie britain um most importantly robbie britain in in the planning uh yeah and then other crew like charlotte and mick and, and richard brown and dave who did the filming as well because they did all of that for me. You they outsourced did. it. <laughs> yeah, I completely outsourced it, yeah. And I think Robbie explains it really well. Robbie, they just, their job is enablers. That's what he says. So they just enable me just to yeah. run and not think about anything else. And, and they were, yeah, they were brilliant. So, yeah, the route, and, yeah, so it was all done by, meticulously by Robbie, like, looking over the route and zooming in on Google Maps and checking that, that you know, the, the routes we were going down were, were okay for us. And, yeah, so I did absolutely nothing, yeah. But then, <laughs> but then how did that feel? Maybe this is me just having a bit of a panic because I'm a, calm down, a, calm down. A, a, a spreadsheet kind of geek. And, control. Uh, yeah, I like to try and control as much as I possibly can going into a race or an event. But we've kind of given that control to other people. And, and in, in the film, I think you do joke with like Charlotte, when you're leaving Kendall, she says like, oh, it's only eight miles. I think it's actually 16 miles up to Shap or something. <laughs> but how, how did that then feel not always maybe having that control or did were you just like, right, this is just about putting one foot in front of the other and being in that environment? Yeah, I, I don't feel like I, I feel um, I've, I suppose it's about trust, isn't it? Yeah. Like that, my, the crew, um, and our team for the, for the joggle, they're just, they're brilliant people who I, you know, who, who I trust, I completely trust. And, um, yeah. And they've got my back. They're like, they're, they're in charge of that. Do you know what I mean? And, and Robbie's, yeah, I completely trust Robbie's route. And also like, I'm so shit at um, like navigation and planning that, yeah, if I did it, I it would be, I don't know, I'd be more anxious if I did it because it would just be an absolute shit show. So, um, so Robbie had the navigation and then he did he cycle the whole way with you and was, was navigating like that? Yeah, Rob was pretty much with me the whole way. There's, there's stretches in Scotland on the A9 where it's really dangerous for um for him to be alongside me it's it's just you know it's just not worth it for him to be cycling slowly along a dual carriageway so um richard at times would cycle with me but uh, robbie was always robbie knows what i'm like at navigation and also 
there was when Richard was cycling alongside me, they were watching the tracker and we were constantly like going off on little wrong detours and stuff. So um yeah, so pretty much pretty much uh Rob was there uh for a uh, you know, good good ninety percent of the thing, doing the the slowest cycle of Lands into John <laughs> Ever. He's got that record yeah. now. SKT. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, talking about detours, because in the, in, the, in the film, um, and I mean, we, we were watching it, your tracker as you was going up sort of thing, so we didn't always maybe see those bits. But in the film, it talks about, was it an 18-mile detour you had to take coming out of Ludlow or something like that because of roads and roadworks, or you had to suddenly backtrack, or was that just the driving crew? Um, I think we were quite lucky that time. I think the driving crew had to do a lot of detours. Yeah, there was a lot of times when they had to. There was a couple of detours where there was road works on the A9 where we had to go. Um, we had to go. We had to go out a little bit. But I tr- I tend not to worry. Like even the best thing is just not to think about that and just to go. Because if I start to realise that we're doing an ex- even like an extra three or four k in in a day. It, it starts to play on your on your mind, doesn't it? So, I mean, all you can do is just, like you say, just put one foot in front of the other and just get to the finish at the end at the end of that day. So, yeah, I think I think we were okay. We probably did a couple of detours for roadworks, but I think, yeah, Charlotte and Mick and uh, they were doing a lot more. It was much harder for them to uh, to get round the roadworks than it was for us. Yeah. And talking about keeping putting one foot in. Or in front of you, I've got people who are, are joining us live on on YouTube, and John Parkin has um, asked a question, and he's asked, um, "Do you have one thing that you say to yourself when you want to stop that helps you decide to carry on?" Um, what my one thing on uh, there was nothing I was saying to myself, but the one thing I did differently. On the on the second attempt at uh, uh, the Lands End John O'Groats was was just simply not to stop moving. Like I I I would run and if I if I was at the van to get a drink or something to eat, I'd walk and eat it, but not for long. So I just wouldn't let myself stop. So it was ju- it was literally relentless forward motion the whole time because I I find if I my mind like if I do stop then it let it lets it my mind senses a weakness you know what I mean and then it will it will try and I'll try and like I'll stop more often and but if if I know that like I'm not stopping at all I'm just I'm just constantly moving until I get to the finish then that that seemed to work yeah there's not there's not one there's not like a mantra in my mind but it's just yeah I just physically don't stop yeah because one of the things you talk about in the film as well, and I think you're quite is about Buddhism and a kind of mindfulness, and you, and you talk about the silence as well. Like even in the busy roads, that you 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 still hear silence. So do you find that yourself maybe going into those more mindfulness moments? So it's not about having a mantra, but it's more about that kind of mindset. Yeah, I think you're right. It's uh, a lot. What I yeah, the state I love to get in when I'm running is more of a yeah, it's more like a oneness. And like the last day of that joggle was a, uh, it was it was really tough, but it was really beautiful in the fact that I really felt like a, a huge oneness with with everything around me. It was wonderful with the with the massive like blue sky and the 
like the countryside around it really felt like we were like completely like resonating with 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 the same uh, bars as uh, the same song it was yeah i did i did feel yeah completely at one with everything and i think i i i i love it to be able to get to that state because um you know, I, Robbie would totally disagree. And but when we talk about nutrition, I think I think there's an energy you can draw from like nature it, itself. And if you can get to that position where you're, you know, you're resonating in the same frequency as the trees, as the countryside, as the as the sky, then then you you can draw down the the energy and the you know that the, they get and it's um and it did happen quite a few times on on that joggle which was um yeah which which was beautiful it's it's a beautiful state to get to yeah and i think as runners we're lucky because we can we can catapult ourselves to that kind of state a lot easier than when we're outside in the countryside and we're doing that kind of repetitive movement and our, our heads are naturally clearer from, from being outside and away from the kind of a normal day, like rituals in life. Uh, and when you're in that state, are you still feeling the pain or is the pain gone? <laughs> I think you're always... Yeah, you're always feeling you're always feeling the pain. The, the one time I had this really odd experience that happened to me, um, it was more of a sleep deprivation thing. I I ran a um, a race in the in the um, desert in China called the Ultra Gobi. It was like a 400 kilometer uh, race, and um, I at one point towards the finish, I'd maybe been up for like 70 hours with no sleep and stuff. And towards the finish, I, I, I floated out of my body and, um, I was watching myself. I was out of my body and like watching myself run. And that was the one, it, that was amazing because all the pain and everything just completely, uh, disappeared and it was it was a fantastic experience and I was like oh my god that if you can if you can start a race and go straight up into the air and just look at your you'll absolutely fly but <laughs> I I've, I think I've heard Yanis Corvus talk about getting into that that state before yeah but um so you just need yeah, that, to not sleep for 70 hours before the race starts to try and yeah. work your way into that state Either that or some very strong acid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and John, John Parkin, who asked a question about the mantra, he said that he, he saw you briefly on the A9 when you was doing the jog, um, when you stopped for a sleep near the end. And he's a fellow West Ham fan as well. Yes, yeah, he shouted out, I remember very well. Yeah. I woke you up. I remember. Yeah, he, he, I felt really bad because that was the... It was one time my relentless forward motion had stopped, and yeah, and uh, yeah, and John turned up to run with me, and I really wasn't uh, in a. I really didn't feel like a, a run at that particular point in time. So apologies that um, <laughs> that, that didn't happen, and thanks for turning up. Yeah, we also have, that leads into another question that we've got. Yeah, I think um, from R.A. George, who's in Dubai and says hello, but he says, do you take any power naps to get yourself recharged? So it sounds like you just powered on through until you stopped each day on the jog. Yeah, because there is a clip in the film mm-hmm. where you, you sleep on the verge, don't you? Where Rob is like, mm-hmm. and's going to be a bit further up, but you're almost just like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going down here on the verge for a little bit. Yeah, I I do power nap um, sometimes. Yeah, I, that was on the last day, and I got I don't know. You get to the point, 
sometimes you can feel like you know um like when people are talking and their voices go a little bit wow and you're and you're a little bit wobbly and i think at that point it was when they were talking to me it, it was sound was very distorted and uh and i felt a little bit wobbly but so i said yeah so i literally i think it was two minutes i got them to time two minutes and it's amazing what seems i don't know if you've mm-hmm. done it but what seems to happen in your head it's almost like you have two minutes of this frantic kind of uh like weird like kind of lucid dream type state and it's almost like your brain like sorts everything you know like when you go to sleep and it's almost like your brain sorts everything out that's happened in the day and it's almost like your brain does it in those in those two minutes and you don't really sleep but you just sort stuff I don't know it's almost like your brain sorts stuff out and yeah I find two minutes is enough to do that and you can get up and feel reasonably refreshed well i got up and people's voices weren't going wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so, uh, i mean talking but, about sleep so you, you handed over the organization well, i don't know if you completely handed over or delegated the organization of of, of la jog to, to, to robbie and others but but did, you obviously had set finished your points of every day or was it literally let's just try and keep going i just want to try and cover something like 80 to 90 miles a day that's what it kind of seemed like in the film when mum was watching you do it did you just have like a set distance for every day or were you like there's a good lay by here there's a good place to park this would be a good place to finish the day and kind of for a certain time oh, oh. i think dan's frozen again i think dan's <laughs> oh no oh you're back brilliant <laughs> oh sorry that's no, okay. Oh, back, yeah. You're back. Yeah. Back in the room. No, we always had a set um, distance each day that we wanted to do. Yeah. And then, depending on where we got to, it might be another extra mile or a mile, you know, where we could park up, basically. Uh, I think I think that's important. For me, that's important anyway, to have those, because you, you kind of know there's a set start and there's a set finish. And if there's not a set finish, you're going to be, your mind again is going to try and get you to stop. If you just see how far I can run on that day, you're never going to run, uh, I think, I'd say, you're never going to run as far as you as you could. You're always going to stop a little bit earlier. So I think it was important to have those um, those set times, yeah, to finish to or set targets to get to, yeah. And I think we pretty much did it apart from that second to the last day. And there was one day when they, wanted me to go a little bit further but i i was adamant that i think we should just like stick to the schedule sort of thing so um yeah and if i i think i'd try and do the same thing if i run a six day race again i think i'll try and set like targets for for each day that i get to and then have a little rest and then and then get up and and do the same thing again it seems to work and and how late in the day were you finishing then because it looked quite dark like kind of was it 10 o'clock 11 o'clock time well, I don't think it was. Uh, um, I don't think it was that late. I think obviously at the start I'm a little bit quicker, and uh, maybe it was more like eight thirty. But maybe towards the end, maybe it was like yeah, ten thirty, ten thirty at night. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. It's hard to remember. <laughs> it <laughs> was getting up early in the morning as well, though, weren't you? I mean, in the film again, it's kind of like. <laughs> Five o'clock were you starting most mornings? Yeah, I think five most mornings. I think the last day we started at four. Um, yeah, yeah, you might as well. I mean, there's not really that much time. Like, there's a there's an optimum amount of sleep, isn't there? And and we're not an optimum, but if you sleep too much, um, I think 
it's detrimental in a way you need to just you just need to sleep enough to get a little bit of recovery and feel a little bit fresher the next day but if you're yeah if you're sleeping too much i always think it's good to get up before it gets light and start running it it, it feels i don't know it feels like miles that you you i don't know that you're doing for free as well do you know what i mean like like you're get up and start running even though you're tired and you've done two hours before you before you wake up um sort of thing and did you have a set kind of routine so when you finished and i and i I probably kind of could preempt the answer to this but did you have like set meals or like certain food planned like this is what i'm going to want to eat end of every day or is it like charlotte just i think uh it just there wasn't set meals, but I think it just depended on what was around. Like uh, basically, I was just eating. Uh, I think from fish and chip shops every every night. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was just whatever whatever was there. Um, there was nothing... like a thousand calories or five hundred calories or something like that. Just get it in. No. because it. How does that ever work? Yeah, when you try and bag five hundred, like you can work out what's in a like a. A portion of fish and chips you never eat them all do you and like <laughs> half of them you throw up and uh like it's just um yeah, if you are just... doing a jog you might throw them up normally then, but yeah and were yeah, there any was... other routines that you had before like was there any massages was it oh, i've got to have a shower that makes me feel better was there anything else that you were doing to help yourself i think um yeah i had um the gb physio came and helped out he was brilliant alan and he gave me a few massages but one thing that i was that really helped me was getting in a it was getting in a bath so when we could like get a hotel one hotel room and getting in a bath was important because i was i was yeah, chafed but, uh, yeah <laughs> that, I, that I, was yeah. the most painful thing ever I, 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 shot I, in the film I, i've had oh. chafing in that place this morning got in a shower and know how painful it is watching you get in that bath was like watching something oh. for a film was like i was <laughs> feeling your pain but it's always better once you do it so oh, I think yeah it, but yeah. it's that initial yeah yeah that that looked, <laughs> yeah i mean you allude to it and if i, I you know if people are wanting their golf kind of take on hot you know and ultra marathons and because often people are like oh what are your feet like and want to see the chair it looked like you got some pretty nasty chair i mean there's no photos of it thankfully that would definitely make it extra oh. chair, wouldn't it? but it sounded like it got pretty i think when that was getting tended to i did say that that's a wife's crewing job because i do a bit of crewing for people and there's certain limits where i probably wouldn't yes. have got involved with actually that they were quite good i think uh yeah uh, <laughs> yeah i think everyone helped out with that one. Uh, <laughs> it did get better like the coconut i put some coconut oil on and some and it, it, it got that's the thing about chafing it it does get better quite rapidly if you um yeah it, it, it was it was quite good but yeah it was just messy it was just messy down there it was it was horrible and it was it was quite a humid week it was or it was like real muggy like british weather and that kind of sweat was just um mm. yes not good for the chafe is it yeah so it was um yeah i think that one day crossing over the 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 border into scotland it was it was it was pretty bad yeah but um, yeah, but baths seem to help. Yeah, and what a bath would do is I could get in if I could get in a bath like pretty soon after finishing, it would it would kind of numb my legs a little bit as well. It, they wouldn't hurt as much because I find like the most important thing after you stop running is to um, is to kind of accelerate 
um, the time it takes for your like so you stop running but your body doesn't stop running for like another three hours like it, it, it still it still seems like it's moving and it and your legs hurt and it probably takes three hours to like really like calm your legs down before you can get any sleep and the, and the bath seemed to help um, to accelerate that which enabled me to get like a little bit of sleep where, where my legs weren't in in too much pain uh, was it a hot or cold bath or just kind of regular temperature Depending how I was feeling, sometimes I got in a ice bath. Yeah, but they're not. They're just horrible. Aren't they? they really are. Yeah. I mean, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. You've been running all day, and you just want to. You want to just sit in a hot bath and kind of like slow, like drift away somewhere. And those cut. Oh my god, those ice baths are just. They're just hideous. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I do any good. Do I do any good? Do I, I uh, but the know. research is, is is a bit mixed, a bit bit varied. Yeah. But so you saying you're getting up early in the morning to kind of seize it extra bit. But did you ever wake up? And, and if people watch the film, they'll see you definitely. I think James Stewart says you look like a zombie at, at one point, which maybe isn't the most kind of complimentary. Thing no, I think that was quite kind. But, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but was there any time you woke up in the morning and just went? why you know or like, i've got past bridgewater now what no no i was lucky this time i always no there wasn't one point i did that because it's there's i mean the hardest thing on those on those um like multi-day things is that is the first 20 minutes of running in the morning because you really are mm. I mean, it's a, it's a mess. Like on those six day races as well, when when you get out and you start running, you like you have to you have to walk for a bit, and you can't even walk properly, you know. And then you have to get into a slow kind of run, and, and yeah, you're all over the place. Your legs aren't working. You're in all sorts of pain. You're running gait or whatever. It's just a, it's an absolute mess. But after that twenty minutes or so, when the I don't know what happens, the blood starts to move around. You can start moving, but that first half an hour is is awful but no I never I never had that for and I think a lot of it was due to like when we were talking about how much work like Robbie did and and you know Mick and Charlotte and Richard who were around like you, you can't stop they're, they're like they've invested so much like so much time in helping me achieve this goal that I want to achieve and and uh yeah it would be disrespectful to them to uh to I think to stop and I always had yeah I I always yeah I never had a thought that I I, I wanted to stop especially in, in the mornings yeah maybe towards the end of the day a couple of times but in the mornings yeah yeah <laughs> up and at them yeah and, and being up and out Paul Feeder his um Asked, asked the questions yeah, again kind of talking about the organization I think um, he wants to kind of know uh, what well, kind of what did you enjoy eating whilst running and what were you I mean because there are I think enjoy is a bit of a strong word there are kind of like, was it mainly the Morton and those kind of liquid energy drinks yeah I didn't enjoy eating anything um, and uh, to be honest I don't even know what I don't even know what I was eating like um, I well, uh, Charlotte was just giving me something and I knew I just had to try my hardest to eat it. And uh, so I just put it in my mouth and I don't know what it was, maybe little bits of pasta or some sandwiches or, and it was, yeah, a bit of beta fuel were used mainly on that. And yeah, I don't really know what, and yeah, I didn't, like I said, I didn't enjoy it. Like Robbie would be constantly on me, um, 
have a drink, have a drink, go off for me to beat a fuel, and I'd be so annoyed with him saying it that I'd just, I'd take like a litre and a half bottle and I'd just down it in one because then he wouldn't say it again for like a 45 minutes or something. And it was, yeah, there was nothing. It's not enjoyable eating when you're when you're running ultras. I, I don't find that at all. So, yeah, yeah. Nothing. Because <laughs> you got really bad, because Charlotte says you got like, bad ulcers at one point as well, didn't you? And we can see your lips kind of splitting near the end as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of deterioration happening there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that always happens to me in, in uh, multi-day stuff. Yeah, my I get big ulcers on my tongue and, like, my lips all crack open and, yeah. Um, yeah, so some foods, and it, they kind of zing a little bit. But, but yeah, I think... Once you've done like two or three days on a, on an attempt like that, you just you just know you've just got to eat. So whatever you're given, you just kind of put in your mouth. And if you can't chew it, you kind of swill it down with a with a with a bit of water or something. So yeah, yeah. They need to make little pills or something. They've got everything <laughs> in. Thousand calories just... in a pill. <laughs> yeah, like Willy Wonka. We need, we need yeah. Willy Wonka, like in the Charlie Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what we do. So, how was your recovery after that amazing run? Like you said. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't too bad. I don't think it, it definitely didn't feel as bad as the other time. You know, I I think it's for me it's important to. I find it hard not to move, and I think like when we're running every day, I think most like the biggest shock to the body is when you're not moving. So I think. Uh, I think it was like three or four days when I managed, I uh, started to run again, but just, you know, you know, half three an hour. Three or four days after finishing it. Yeah, because I really noticed that if I can move, it, 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 it accelerates recovery. Yeah. So, and if I'm, because it must be a shock to the body. Yeah. Like we're, we're running every single day. And then if all of a sudden, we, like I stop or we stop running, it, it, it must be a real, it's like someone who never runs and then all of a sudden starts running 10K a day. They're, you know, it, it'd be a shock to the system. So, yeah, so I think movement helps. So, yeah, so I, I got running and, yeah, pretty pretty soon afterwards and then just built it up, I suppose, kind of slowly. But, yeah, the recovery wasn't, it was okay. It wasn't as bad uh, um, as last time, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. It's a hard one to tell because I think those sort of longer efforts. I don't know. In the, I don't know if they sh- they shave off little bits of you like long term. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Like I've seen you lost some of your person on that A nine. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know, it's interesting. It'd be interesting to speak to some like Carla. Um, um, about her the jog and see whether I think I think it does take I don't know what it takes from you but I think it takes a little bit a little bit of something from you and I've seen it happen um, like uh, like Pete Koselnick who who ran across America I mean that's it that's amazing I mean that's like six weeks of it, of it but you know I've seen it happen and people people are never the same since I think you've if you're when you're preparing to do something like that, I think you have to kind of understand that it might, yeah, it might take a little bit from you, yeah, yeah. as well, yeah. It's, it's you're just depleting the body of so much, aren't you? And mm-hmm. doing so much. Also, so kind much. of mentally, if you've had that big goal and then you did it, like, was that yeah. was it hard to then kind of pull yourself out of 
that and did you need something else to focus on or how did you deal with it um yeah i think for the first time for a long time i probably could well not yeah in terms of running yeah i did feel that kind of like a bit of satisfaction yeah as well like oh brilliant you know what i mean like uh, but i think what uh, yeah i don't think it makes that much difference because i've said it i think it's it in the film like we we run we're running ultra runners we're running ultras for a reason because we like the pain like it, it, it it's it's addictive that um that state you get in and that that pushing your body and getting to that point where you are so depleted um well me i quite like that so although i'm satisfied that i did that i still i i still have an urge to put my body in that position again because i kind of like that i kind of like that feeling that it's like i say it's like it's like self-harm isn't it in, in a way but um so yeah i'm happy i did it but i still want to uh feel fucked yeah if you know what i mean yeah excellent well i mean we've been having a good chat for an hour and we said we'll only keep for an hour at your your daughter's house and bedroom but we've got so we've it's got one scoop in here as well isn't it's it? getting a bit <laughs> light starting to go, isn't it? Yeah. Um, i'm trying to stand under the light to make it i love the fact that in the film like charlotte says about how you never sit and i was like well what's he going to do for this interview but obviously you're just walking around chatting. yeah standing up yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i did say didn't i we were like i bet Dan's going to be standing for this. I feel like we're a bit, you know, we're sat on a sofa. We should be at our standing desks, standing as So we got we got the scoop right at the beginning about you not returning to the twenty four hour world champs this year. Have you got any uh-huh. other big kind of crazy runs planned? Have you got any other kind of big distances? Kind of like oh yeah, yeah. One thing I'd really and. Um... Yeah, me and Robbie have talked about, and Richard as well, that I'd like to do is I'd like to go to Ireland and, and try and see how close I'll get to Eon Keith's record of mm. Ireland, uh, top to bottom, because um, it feels a bit more like that. I get a bit more excited thinking about that rather than running around a track for 24 hours. So, so that's what I'd really like to do, but that's dependent on like whether we're allowed to go into – to Ireland I think at the moment you have to quarantine for two weeks so um so if that changes yeah I'd like to do that um towards the end of the towards the end of the summer oh wow that 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 soon well yeah it's five days Mm. at the moment because I know looking for the um okay which is in Dublin um okay I've been looking at it yeah Yeah. it's five days but hopefully with restrictions beginning to ease a little bit Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's being kind of reviewed every three weeks, isn't it? So, uh, which would date this interview when people come back to listen to it that we kind I of wonder talking. why we're not allowed into Ireland. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's because of COVID restrictions. If you're listening to this, it's nothing. It's nothing to do with my criminal record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the passport control. They look at. Hang on a yeah. second, Daniel Lawson. Uh, uh, uh. Um, oh, that'd be fantastic. So that'd be awesome to watch if you get to do that one. And is there any other one you've been? It's eyeing up. So you got Ireland, you fancy? Come on, there's some bigger countries. No, I don't know. I, I think it's uh no, I no, I I I'd really like there's one thing I'd really like to do and it I'd really want to try and get close to running over a thousand kilometers on a six day race. Wow. Um so uh six day races don't really happen in the uk at the moment so but so maybe next year i'd like to try another six day race and yeah and see if i could get close to a thousand kilometers i think only five people have ever run 
above a thousand kilometers um in you know since time has begun or whatever so uh yeah that that would be nice to see if i could get close to that yeah but not on a treadmill on a <laughs> not in no. a <laughs> yeah definitely not yeah fantastic Brilliant, oh, we didn't Dan. even get a chance to talk about rerun clothing but if people want to look up go to rerun clothing which you founded um mm-hmm. there's lots of info on the website isn't there about what you do there like is that. yeah and yeah you don't even i mean basically rerun we're just encouraging runners to make their clothes uh last longer and uh to get yeah much more use out of them and not to buy new stuff so much and you know because because that simple act reduces their carbon water and waste footprint by enormously so yeah that's basically what we're saying you don't even have to look us up just just wear your old t-shirts <laughs> and old shoes and don't buy anything new yeah and, and how are the shoes doing which you made i saw on instagram that you tried making a oh i'm loving that yeah i did a cobbler's uh course and uh yeah i'm starting to make trainers out of like old running trainers yeah i'm really i'm enjoying it yeah it's, it's good yeah what size are you man <laughs> kind of seven seven and a half okay yeah well, maybe i'll make you a pair they're a bit snazzy they're a bit yeah, they look, they look yeah. pretty funky they look, i haven't seen these yeah so yeah again if you listen to this head over to dan's instagram you can see um his shoes he's yeah very they're quite hipster yeah. yeah well they look very 80s it took me back to the 80s when i saw them they kind of was yeah. very 80s vibe with them at them so uh uh-huh. yeah being a child of the 70s 80s was a kind of key fashion time yeah yeah, yeah same here that's what yeah yeah uh, i think i think pairs of trainers should look like hot hatchbacks they should be that shape you know they should look like a i don't know an, uh, a Fiesta XR2i or something. Oh, yeah, Anyway. I'm glad you said that they look 80s. Yeah, that's, that's the whole idea, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, oh, God, I hit them up. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it's been fantastic chatting to you. We've kind of been wanting to get you on for uh, a while since we started doing these interviews on a Wednesday, but it's brilliant to finally get you on and chat and to been able to watch the film. And if people haven't yet watched kind of breaking 10 yeah head over to vimo we'll put the the link in the show notes head over watch the film uh, it is amazingly it's i mean super inspiring really emotional as well the, the, the finish is oh yeah super emotional <laughs> to, to, to yeah. watch i mean yeah and i mean when your mum turns up oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah your mum really. turning up as well that's yeah yeah you know it's complete highs and lows if people want to try and get to, uh, you know to understand what it's like doing these crazy events it really kind of shines a light into it and yeah the massive highs and lows of it so yeah a awesome job there with Le Jog Dan fantastic and brilliant film as well and yeah, allowing well the camera Dave crew for that. yeah mm-hmm. allowing the cam- camera crew just to get some of those moments especially going into the bath with some serious chafing it's <laughs> quite a close-up yeah. picture yeah, of your like, shot yeah. Yeah, yeah only in the face yeah, that, yeah, that's not <laughs> before anybody Where was he? he was standing to... on the taps or something yeah, with yeah his, uh... I watched this with, with my kids yeah. Um, um, maybe not <laughs> brilliant Dan well, all the best yes, for cool. um, if the borders open and you're allowed into Ireland you yeah we'll be following to, you um, with, with that and also then yeah we're building up to the kind of trying to clock a thousand kilometres as well it's been great having you on this evening cool. um, thanks for having me yeah alright uh, <laughs> if you just hang on everyone. Skype when we finish we'll have up a proper cheerio but we'll end the interview mm-hmm. now here on live on YouTube brilliant thanks very much Dan Oh, fantastic. No, that was brilliant there. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed it if you've been joining us live. And um, 
And so if you listen to it on the podcast as well, always leave a note, um, comment in, in the, uh, give us some feedback. And if you've been watching it live on YouTube and you've enjoyed it, give us a thumbs up, click subscribe as well to keep up to date with what's happening. Claire's, I think, back next week. Um, and we'll be back in two we're weeks. We're back in two weeks' time with another <laughs> Marcus. Um, so there'll be double Marcus. Brilliant. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank and you. we'll Bye-bye. speak soon. Cheers now. Bye. Hi, it's Claire here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. These live chats take place every Wednesday evening at 6.30pm UK time on World Ginger Running YouTube channel. And the link is in the show notes. I just wanted to let you know that you can find this and loads more advice and inspiration and gear tests all about trail and ultra running on my YouTube channel, Wild Ginger Running. There are training tips, advice from elite athletes, top coaches, nutritious recipes, key exercises, injury prevention information, and tons of trail kit reviewed from running packs to poles, waterproofs to head torches, GPS watches, and shoes, 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 and did I mention shoes? I've been going for a few years now, so there's a huge archive of content to help you out with your trail and ultra running. To quickly and easily find the information you need, simply type your query into the Google search box and then write wild ginger running after it. Then Google will show you whatever blog posts or films I have on that topic. Give it a try. And if you appreciate listening and all the information I share on YouTube, you're also very welcome to support me on Patreon, which gets you some additional excellent perks and the chance to win some awesome prizes. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month, patrons get discounts, extra films, access to the exclusive Facebook and Strava groups, the chance to ask questions to every live chat guest, plus automatic entry into my monthly competition to win £400 worth of trail and ultra running gear. There are only about 150 patrons, so the odds on a win are way better than the lottery. Interested? Find me at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Thanks for listening, guys. Have fun, enjoy your run, and I'll see you on the trails.